My name is Greg Kodrowski, and this is my podcast, Theology 101. I like to study the Bible, and I don't think the Bible is really that difficult to understand. For the most part, it's really pretty simple, and simple is better. So if you're like me, and you want to know more about the Bible, or if you just want to hear more about the Bible, stick around. And if you want to know more about me or check out my pedigree, Google me or visit my website, theology101.net. We are talking about discipleship. So thanks for coming back for more. You know, I decided to start this series on discipleship because I saw some kid it was on Facebook, and I just was scrolling through, my, I think I said this before, mindlessly scrolling, scrolling through my Facebook, and I saw this kid holding up some diploma or some certificate from a church saying he finished discipleship. And I thought, you know, there's a ton of stuff that I want to teach on, on with this podcast. I want, to, I want to talk about dispensations, man. I want to talk about the Bible. I want to talk about the development of the Bible. I want to talk about the lines of the Bible. I want to talk about a lot of stuff. And I want to talk in English. You know, I used to do a whole lot of stuff in Spanish down in, in uh, Latin America, and I've got a, a Spanish podcast, and, and a lot of my stuff here is going to be translated from Spanish because I do all my stuff in Spanish, but what, whatever. What, I want to talk about stuff, and I wanted to start with discipleship because we have this concept in the modern church today of discipleship. It just seems like one of those buzzwords that we, we just throw out there and don't bother to go to the Bible and say, what does God God say discipleship is. It's like worship. I mean, seriously, the modern church thinks worship is music, and it's not. So I, I, I want to talk about discipleship. Um, we started with our purpose, um, talking about our purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And I think that that's a. I think that's probably the best place to start. Um, and then we took that and we said, okay. If my purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, how do I do that? I mean, seriously, how do I do that? And we kind of grabbed the concept of John uh, 17, 4, where Jesus said, I've glorified Thee on earth. I have finished the work that You gave me to do. And, and so, okay, we asked ourselves, what's the work that God gave us to do, that doing that work we can glorify Him? And that work, obviously, is the work of being and making disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's our mission, our life's mission. That's that's how we glorify God. If we're not doing that, we're not pleasing God, we're not glorifying God, and we're certainly not going to enjoy God now or forever. Um, so we took the last couple of podcasts to, to look at what the Bible said a disciple is, and I kind of threw this concept out there to you, that uh, this concept of discipleship, it starts in the—we in, see Jesus start with this concept of discipleship, in the beginning of his public ministry, and he grabs a concept that already exists, and he began to change it, mold it, and transform it into what we see later at the end of his ministry, and especially in the book of Acts. And so we we took a look at the book of Acts, and we said, okay, if that's the finished product, when the the discipleship that we see in in the Gospels, you know, oftentimes it's a work in progress. Okay, the the finished product then is 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 in the book of Acts. What's that look like? And honestly, a disciple in the book of Acts looks like a Christian, because he is. A disciple is somebody who's following his Lord to become more and more like him, and a Christian is the same way. And we've, we've been touching on three or four or five different um, Bible passages, and we've gone over and over and over them. And we saw that, that since this term disciple, 
the book of Acts, it's, it's, it's a Christian. It refers to a believer. It refers to somebody who's following Jesus Christ in, obey, in obedience and in submission. Um, we saw Luke 640. Now, here's, here's the, important, the important tie that, that ties, ties together the concept of discipleship and the earthly ministry of Jesus into the, the concept of discipleship today in the, in the church age. And I, I say that because it's important because one of the things we're going to see in, in, in the next podcast, because we're going to take this concept of discipleship, we, we want to take, okay, now we know what a disciple is. Okay, what is discipleship? Um, since that's not a, a word that's used in the Bible, what is it, and does it apply to us? Uh, we're going to see that um, that word disciple isn't mentioned after the book of Acts. And so there's a lot of our, our brothers and sisters in Christ that they refuse to even have discipleship, a discipleship ministry in their churches. Well, um, I was... I, I, you know, as I was studying this out, I just want to tie these concepts together because the same concept you see in Luke 640, Luke 640 is the exact same concept Paul talks about in Romans 829. So we have a change in terminology, the terms that are being used, not in the concept. Okay, it's 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 not that discipleship discipleship just went away. And we're gonna see that in more detail in this podcast when we take a closer look at discipleship. In the Bible itself, from from Old Testament to New Testament, yes, you can see discipleship in the Old Testament, um, in, in concept, and so we'll we'll see that. But when you tie these concepts together, is it's important because the reason we have a change in terminology is because we had a change in the dynamic when Jesus was on the earth in his three and a half year ministry. He was physically present among his disciples. And so we see this terminology, this discipleship terminology, because that's the concept of discipleship. It's here's the master, and I can see him, I can touch him, uh, I can follow him around, I can listen to him, see how he interacts with people, see how he does the things that he does, and how I'm supposed to do them, and I can use that. I can use that word, imitate him. I can follow him, do as he does. So you know, later in his absence, I can continue the work. Well, Jesus is no longer here, physically present on the earth. So that's why we see this change in terminology. We don't talk about discipleship because the only people, the, the, think about this: if you wanted to follow Jesus, you like like in the old like in the Old Testament, like in the in the Gospels, could you do that today? No, because he's not here physically. I'm here physically. You could follow me around. You want to be like me? I don't know why, but if you want to be like me, you could follow me around. You could be my disciple. I don't think that's going to help you much. Okay, now Paul said, be ye followers of me as I am of Christ. Now that's the concept that we have today. But let me tell you this. We are not disciples of Paul. And you are not my disciple. I am not your disciple. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ, just like I am. So, when we see in Luke chapter 6, verse 40, that Jesus Christ says the, the disciple is not above his master, it's enough that the disciple be as his master, that's the exact same thing Paul says in Romans 8.29. That in Romans 8.29, that God has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the disciple in Luke 6.40 he goes through a, a, a 
process of growth and learning to become as his master. Just like the Christian in Romans 8, 29, goes through a process of growth and learning as he is being conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you see the, see the same concept in Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. Um, I know Paul didn't, he didn't repeat the Great Commission, um, and I think there's a reason for that. We'll talk about that later at the, at the way at the end of this, this series on discipleship when we talk about anachronisms, uh, because there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on in Christianity about anachronisms, okay? Um, errors with time, chronology, and a lot of people just run back to the Old Testament. They run back to the Gospels, and they start cherry-picking things that they want out of the Gospels when the Gospels are Old Testament. The vast majority of the Gospels are Old Testament. The New Testament didn't begin until the the uh, the blood of the covenant, the blood of the New Testament, was was shed on the cross. And so the death of the testator indicates the the uh, the beginning of the New Testament. And so we have to be very careful with that, but there's some anachronisms going on. So Paul doesn't repeat the the Great Commission. Not that it's because it doesn't apply to us. What well, it applies to us is a little change, and we can see those changes in passages like Ephesians. Ephesians 4, 11 to 15, where, you know, in verse 11, he talks about the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors, teachers, those, those leaders that were given to the local church to, verse 12, perfect the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The leaders are given to perfect the saints. The saints are perfected for the work of the ministry. We do that work of the ministry so that the body of Christ might be edified, so it can grow. And so we, we see that the disciple goes through a growth and a learning process to become as his master. The Christian goes through a growth and learning process to be conformed to the image of Christ. And the saint goes through a growth and learning process as he is being perfected so that he can become like the perfect man, Jesus Christ. So when we talk about discipleship, that's why that's why I've all I've just I've said it several times in our in our in our podcast here, discipleship is a normal Christian life. That's all it is. It's the norm that God expects for all his children. What does God want for you? You ever ask yourself that? What does God want from me? Well, God wants you to be like Jesus Christ, his son, in both character inside and conduct outside. Okay, well, what, what do we call the process of becoming like Jesus Christ in character and conduct? We call that being a disciple. And if we could invent a term, because it's not, it doesn't show up in the Bible. We're going to invent a term. We could call that process of being a disciple, we could call that discipleship. And if you want to help somebody else be like Christ in character and conduct, you know what we call that? Making disciples. So we could say making disciples is discipleship. So, yeah, I know, we've invented the term, discipleship doesn't appear in the Bible, but when we talk about being disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, being saved and growing in sanctification, or whether we, we talk about helping someone else in that process, we evangelize so that the lost can be saved, and then we edify the new believers, we edify all the believers, so that they might be conformed more and more to the image of Christ. That's being and making disciples. That's what God expects of us. 
That's our mission in life. Folks, that's how we glorify God and, and, and enjoy Him forever, and that is discipleship. So discipleship is, is simply about becoming godly. Godly, that word, God-like, godly, being like God in character and conduct, following Him to be like Him, becoming like our Lord. And so today, I just want to take a real quick tour. Like I said, we're going to split this up because I, you know, it's a it's a podcast. I know maybe you got some time in the car, you're washing dishes, or um, whatever you do when you listen or play around on your phone. Maybe you'll listen to me for a little while talk about what the Bible says, folks. I think it's important. I'm not just going to ramble here. I want to take you through the Bible, show you that this concept of discipleship is not just a buzzword. In, in Christianity. And I'm telling you, when, it, when we see it used as this buzzword or some, some new kind of cool thing, I, discipleship is not some new, new shiny thing we do in the church. It's not a new members class. It's not an activity. Folks, it's our life. It's the reason we're here. It's, it's our mission. And so I, wanna, I just want to take a, a quick tour Trace this concept of discipleship through the Bible. Like I said, we're not going to look at the Word because the Word's not there. Okay, It doesn't mention discipleship. It mentions disciple. We see disciple in the Bible, not, not, not discipleship. But I want you to see that in the Bible, in general terms, folks, what discipleship is. I know I've described it from you know front to back, back to front, up and down, down and up. Discipleship, in the most general terms, the broad general terms that we could, we could use, discipleship is God's work of restoring his image in lost man. That's that's what I want you to get. Now we're going to we're going to run back to the Old Testament. We're going to take a hot couple of hops in the Old Testament that'll get us up to the to the uh, gospels and we'll take a look at a couple of things there and then we'll look at discipleship later in the epistles uh, next podcast. But but get this, get this, get this because we're not talking about a program. We're not talking about just a ministry. We're not talking about D1, D2, you know, discipleship one, discipleship two. When when we use the, the word discipleship like that, it's fine. It's fine. I've got a whole website that I that I have discipleship materials in Spanish that I offer for free, and people can download the a whole three-year discipleship course. And, you know, one could say, well, then when you're finished with, with Greg's three-year course, you've been discipled. That's what I want to avoid. That's what we need to educate ourselves out of. We need to learn the Bible and then do what it tells us. And as we learn the Bible, we learn how we need to use the vocabulary of the Bible and vocabulary we use to refer to the Bible, how we can use that to communicate biblical concepts, okay? Discipleship in its most general biblical terms, Old Testament and New Testament, is is the work of God in restoring his image in lost man. It's taking a lost man and restoring the image of God in him. You take a lost man and you make him like God, godly, like the Lord Jesus Christ, that the disciple might be as his master. Okay, so discipleship in the Old Testament. Okay, discipleship in the Old Testament. Now, obviously, I don't want to. I don't want to go running through the whole Old Testament and show you in every chapter that the whole Bible is about discipleship, and we ought to do discipleship and discipleship and discipleship and discipleship. No, there's not the emphasis on discipleship in the Old Testament that we see in the New. So I don't want to overstate it. I, I don't want to be ridiculous. However, 
the concept is there. I'm going to show you that the concept of discipleship is in the Old Testament. As we have defined disciple, you can see disciples in the Old Testament. So even though it's not the, the great emphasis of the Old Testament, we don't want to you know, exaggerate and overstate it. We don't want to overlook it either. So think about this. Let's look at, that, at, at discipleship in the Old Testament on a national level and then on an individual level. You see, on a national level. Now, obviously, when I speak of a nation in the Old Testament, we're talking about the nation of Israel. Okay? So remember our definitions. A disciple is a believer who is committed to becoming like his master. The process of becoming like his master is what we are calling discipleship. Okay? I'm going to read you a couple of passages in Leviticus. Okay, First is Leviticus 11. Now, obviously, Leviticus is, is the law of Moses. In Leviticus, God is giving the Levitical law, the law to the Levites, so that they have the system of sacrifices, and they have a system of laws that form part of the law of Moses to relate to God and uh, maintain their, their fellowship with God. So let's see, two passages, Leviticus 11, 44 and 45. Leviticus 11, 44 and 45, the Bible says, For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. What what do you see God doing in this passage? What he's obviously he called Israel. This is the first generation out of Egypt. He called Israel out, and Israel went to to Mount Horeb. They went to Sinai, and Moses went up on the mountain. Moses got the the law, and he's bringing it down. And God gives him this law of of, of the the Levites, so that they can have this whole system of sacrifices. And and within this system of sacrifices, God tells him, "What does He tell him? Be holy. Why?" Because I'm holy. So what did God just tell them? Follow me and be like me. Now, he says this in one more verse. It's um, Leviticus 19.2. In Leviticus 19.2, this is the uh, key verse of the book of Leviticus. And God says unto Moses, Leviticus 19.2, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. So in the very same way that Jesus desired for his disciples to become like him, in Luke 6.40, the disciple's not above his master, it is enough that the disciple be as his master. So God in the Old Testament desired Israel to be like him, holy in character and conduct. So this very same pattern of discipleship that we see in the New Testament with the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples, we see it in the Old Testament with the nation of Israel. It's discipleship on a national level, on a national level. God initiates his new relationship with with fallen, sinful man by calling that fallen and sinful man from sin 
to obedience and to grow in godliness, to be godly, to be godlike, godlikeness. Now, man's response to that call is repentance and faith. So he turns from sin and self, and he turns to God in faith, and he commits to forsake self and follow God by submitting to and obeying God's Word. So the nation of Israel, as God's called-out covenant people, was to follow him to be like him. They were, in a sense, and I don't want to exaggerate this, but we see the concept. They were, in a sense, to be his disciples, to follow him as a master in order to become more and more like him in character and conduct. Okay, So that's discipleship on a national level in the nation of Israel. Let's talk about discipleship on an individual level in the Old Testament. Now, there's, there's, there's two aspects to this that we're going to take a look at. The first aspect I want you to see is that, obviously, this national, um, this national level of discipleship in the Old Testament had to be lived out by the individual citizens of the nation, the Israelites. So this is the first kind of individual uh, discipleship that we see going on in the Old Testament. We see individual Israelites choose to follow God. And I, I think one of, the, one of the greatest examples is uh, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. Uh, I'm going to go to the book of Numbers. Now, you guys, I'm sure you know the, the, the story in Numbers. You know, Numbers is one of those, one of those books that's, uh, that's, I don't know, when you do your Bible reading, you kind of start it, and you're like, okay, I'm just going to cruise through this so I can hurry up and get to Joshua where they start conquering the land. Um, but Numbers is one of those books where we see that the initial generation uh, that came out of Egypt, they fail tremendously before the Lord because of their attitude, because of their murmuring, because they're complaining, because of their lack of faith. You know, the guy, they, they send out 12 spies to go into the land. Those spies come back, and 10 of the 12, they say, nope, it's a great land, it's wonderful, it's, it's beautiful, big grapes, and uh, a lot of good stuff, but no big giants and a lot of people, a lot of fortified cities. We're going to go back to Egypt. There's two of those 12 spies that say, no, 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 no. God can do this, and we need to follow him. Well, that's Joshua and Caleb, okay? So in Numbers 32, uh, the Bible speaks of Joshua and Caleb, Numbers 32, verses 11 and 12. And God said, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. Okay, now, God said twice, okay, use that word twice, followed. Okay, the, the, the ten, ten didn't follow him. The, the, the people that came, out of Israel, that, that came out of Egypt, the Israelites, the general congregation, they didn't follow him. Joshua and Caleb did. So do you remember the call that Jesus gave to his disciples. You know, when he goes up to one of his disciples, go up to Peter, he goes up to uh, John or uh, James, and he says, what does he say to them? Follow me. You see that? Follow me. Be my disciple. Follow me. So we could say Joshua and Caleb chose to be disciples of the Lord because they chose to follow him. 
And God says, they followed me, and he rewarded them. Now, David is somebody else. Um, obviously, David, the you know man after God's own heart, we're obviously going to see some examples of uh, you know a faithful believer in David. But in 1 Kings chapter 14, 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 8, okay, here we're, we're, we're reading the prophecy of uh, God uh, talking against Jeroboam. And he says in verse 8, 1 Kings 14, 8, he says, And he rent the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it thee, Jeroboam, and yet thou hast not kept, I'm sorry, it says, Thou hast not been as my servant David, who kept my commandments and who followed me with all his heart, to do that only which was right in mine eyes. So David's another one who the Bible says followed the Lord, and it said he followed the Lord with all his heart, and he walked, he lived in the ways of the Lord by submitting to and obeying the word of God. There's there's other examples that we could pull out like this. Um, I don't think we need to run around to, to different um, passages of the Bible. I think you see that. You could read a Second Kings chapter 18 about the king of Judah, Hezekiah. You could read Second Kings 23, read about Josiah. Josiah. Those two kings of Judah uh, were men who committed themselves to follow God and obey his word. So we could say on an individual level, they were taking this national call to discipleship, be ye holy as I am holy, be like me in character and conduct. And men like Joshua and Caleb and David and Hezekiah and Josiah, they took that national call to follow God and be holy, be separated separated unto him. They took that and they committed to it on an individual level and became disciples, followers of Jehovah. So, the personal commitment that we see in these individuals in the Old Testament is very, very similar to what we call discipleship in the New Testament. God called the nation to follow him in order to be like him, to be holy. These individuals that were part of that nation, they would, as disciples of the Lord, follow God in submission and obedience. So as we talk about discipleship and this concept of discipleship, the idea of following God in submission and obedience to be like him is basically the essence of discipleship. It's simply the process of following the master to become like him. Okay? So, and in second place, so that's the first place we see this national discipleship lived out in, in several individuals. So we see the concept of discipleship there on an individual level. And, and in second place, we can see a few, not many, but a few master-disciple relationships in the Old Testament. Now, um, obviously, we need to be a little careful with this. I'm going to mention you know, leadership development here again, like I did in the last po- uh, podcast, but think about Moses and Joshua. Moses and Joshua, you know, it's, it's much, we see Moses training Joshua very much the same, the same way we see Paul training Timothy. Okay, what did Paul expect of Timothy? Like 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, the things that I've taught you, go teach others. Okay, so that they may you know, be faithful. I, I can't remember the, the English off the top of my head. But it's basically Paul trained Timothy so tra- Timothy could train others. And, and we see this, this generational concept of, hey, I taught you, now I need you to teach somebody else. Well, Moses was God's leader. God, God's leader, his chosen leader for the nation of Israel. And Moses trained up Joshua. That's what many people call personal discipleship today. And 
we really, really need to be careful with this idea of personal discipleship and grabbing models of personal discipleship based on people like Moses and Joshua, Paul and Timothy, and especially, folks, especially, please, just just read through the Bible, okay? Just mark your Bible when it talks about discipleship in the Gospels. You know, read the Gospels, mark it where you see discipleship concepts. And I'm telling you, the training of the Twelve is not a model of personal discipleship. There's principles of discipleship there. I get it. Okay, I understand. But the training of the Twelve in its totality is about leadership development. It's not about personal discipleship. The vast majority of Jesus' disciples were not part of the Twelve. They didn't follow him around personally. So to take the Twelve as a model of how we should do discipleship today is wrong. There's principles there. I'm all for it. If you're good at working one-on-one or in small groups with people, man, I'm all for it. Go. Do ye likewise, you know? But in its totality, what we see with Moses and Joshua, what we see with Paul and Timothy, what we see with Jesus and the Twelve is a model of leadership development. Okay, so even within Israel, the whole nation was involved in this Old Testament discipleship of being like the Lord, be holy as I am holy, but only a very select few, like Joshua, participated in these close training personal relationships, and they're leaders. Okay, but the concept is there, so we can't set aside the, the, the whole model that we see in Moses and Joshua and Paul and Timothy and Jesus and the Twelve. We can't set aside that whole model because there's some concepts there that we can apply to discipleship, the same thing we see in the New Testament. What we need to do is simply be careful because we are borrowing discipleship concepts from leadership development. Okay? So Moses and Joshua, yeah, Moses trained Joshua. And, and if God gives you an, uh, a new believer and you can teach that new believer how to, uh, you know, how to grow in Christ, how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible, some hermeneutics, how to interpret the Bible, and how to witness to people or how to preach on the streets, man, grab him and go and do it. Do that personal work. That, that's discipleship. It's helping another believer edify himself in Christ. And, and I'm all for it. Or you know, if, if you're one of those people who, you know, loves to cook chip and dip and, and you have people over at your house and you're just hospitable, you know, you got that gift, then then wonderful. Use it. Have a have a small group. Get them over there making food and, and talking and, and get them into the Bible and help them to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Perfect. But we need to understand that when we go to the Bible and we try to pull out some model for our personal discipleship, we're going to have some problems because I'm telling you, the vast majority of the materials that are out there available, books that you could buy, courses that you could take, they all talk about the training of the Twelve. They all, they all look to Jesus' training of the Twelve as a model of discipleship, and it's not. It's not. It's leadership development. Because Paul took that same model with his missionary team, and he used that missionary team, his quote-unquote 12, like Timothy and Luke and Titus, and he used that, that, that missionary team as an opportunity to train his leaders. 
people like Timothy that he would leave in charge of a church, or people like Titus whom he would leave in, in a region to establish leadership in local churches. So we see Moses training Joshua because Moses knows he's going to die. God already told him, you're not going into the promised land. You know, I told you to speak to the rock, and you struck the rock, so, so you're not going into the promised land. Train up Joshua because Joshua is going to lead my people into the promised land. So Moses trains up Joshua as his replacement. This is leadership development. Okay, but but with that in mind, the same kind of master-disciple relationship uh, that we see with Jesus and his disciples, okay, we see that in Moses and Joshua, and we can see it too in, in, in the relationship between Elijah and Elisha. We also see it in, in Jeremiah and Baruch to, to some degree, and so it's there. It's there. We just don't want to make a the big deal out of it. We don't want to exaggerate and overstate it. It's there, though, so we need to recognize it and we can learn from it. So even though we don't see the word disciple very much in the Old Testament, we certainly see the concept of discipleship. It's very clear uh, that, uh, that, that in the Old Testament, God called, he called men and women. He called them out from among those of the world. He, and he called a nation as a whole out of Egypt to follow him, follow him in submission and obedience as a master would call his disciple. Just like Jesus said, follow me, God called Israel to follow him in order to, to become like him, be holy as I am holy in character and in conduct. And so these are some of the concepts that Jesus would later take in, uh, in his earthly ministry and begin to develop them and, and change them. So when we say, you know, this concept of discipleship existed when Jesus came on the scene on his public ministry, these are, the, these are the, where the concepts came from. And I know there were some other concepts among the Gentiles, but predominantly we see these concepts in the Bible and biblical history within the nation of Israel. And so it's what Jesus would take and then transform into what we see as his final product in the book of Acts. So we can safely say that Jesus—now listen to this, listen to this, because remember what I said, remember what I said before, um, that discipleship in the Bible, this overall concept is basically God restoring his lost image in man? Um, Here's another one. Here's what I really want you to get. This is important. We can safely say now, that Jesus' call to discipleship, a call that he gave uniquely to Israelites. You remember, he, he, he came and he was ministering to Israel. And when he called those guys, he says, follow me. His call to discipleship was a reiteration and an extension of what God offered Israel centuries before. God called Israel out of Egypt, gave them the law, and he told them, follow me in submission and obedience. Be like me. I am holy. Be ye holy. And Jesus shows up and he says what? To Israelites, follow me. Be like me. The disciple is not above his master. It's enough for the disciple to be as his master. It's a reiteration and an extension of what God was doing among the Israelites in the Old Testament. It's not something new. It's not something brand spanking new and shiny right out of the box there in, in the book of Matthew. No, it's a concept that we see in the Old Testament, not as predominantly as we see it in the ministry of Christ, but it's there. 
And so let's talk about discipleship in the Gospels. Let's talk about discipleship in the Gospels and Acts. Okay, we saw it in the Old Testament on a national level. We saw it in the Old Testament on an individual level as the as the individual Israelites lived out that national call to discipleship. And then we also saw this, this relationship of, of disciple and master a little bit, uh, like Elijah and Elisha and Moses and Joshua, like I said, maybe Jeremiah and Baruch. But here, let's talk about this, this idea of discipleship now in the Gospels, okay? And I mentioned it before, here's, here's, if you want, you can study this out. There's probably, I don't know, tons of books out there you could probably get. There's probably theological journals. You could probably Google it and find some information on it uh, free on the internet. Maybe a Wikipedia page. Man, there's a Wikipedia page on everything. Um, to see the concept of discipleship among the Gentile nations. Okay. Discipleship, this idea of a master and a disciple, this master-apprentice kind of idea. It's, it existed among the Greeks. It existed among the Romans. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm just. Not, I'm not gonna get into it. I. I. I want to stick with the Bible. I want to talk about the Bible today. We're gonna limit ourselves to what the Bible says about discipleship. And as we we talk about discipleship in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts, I'm gonna go to John chapter nine because we see different types of disciples that existed in Jesus' day. Uh, it wasn't only Jesus who had disciples. Um, John chapter 9. In John chapter 9, we have the story of this blind man. You remember the blind man? Uh, Jesus walks up to him, and he says, Hey, you want to see? And he's like, Yeah, I want to see. And Jesus heals him. And so he walks around, and everybody's like, Wow, look at that guy. He used to be blind. Now he can see. And the Pharisees got upset. Um, and they actually call his parents in and they say, Hey, what's up with this? And they're like, Hey, look, he's an adult. You go ask him. All we know is he was born blind and now he can see, but what, what, what's going on? I don't know. So they confront this guy in, in this, in this whole, this, this story, this confrontation, um, it says, it says here, uh, John nine twenty eight that they reviled him and said to this, this blind guy, this, this, this guy, he says, so you know, yeah, he healed me. It was Jesus. He says, thou art his disciple, accusing the healed blind man of being a disciple of Jesus. Thou art his disciple, they say, but we are Moses' disciples. Okay, now that, that's interesting. So here you have these staunch religious leaders, Okay, I you, know, you you go back, you look at the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, you have these staunch Jewish committed leaders you know they're 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 Jews and they call themselves what Moses disciples so this is this concept that we saw in the old testament of discipleship okay we we said yeah you see discipleship on a national level god called israel to follow him and he gave them the uh, mosaic covenant and of course the law of moses and that was how they were to follow god by submitting to and obeying the law of moses and when they did that we see clearly in John 9, 28, that the Jews themselves understood themselves to be in a discipleship relationship with God. So we're Moses' disciples. You know, they followed the Mosaic law. They submitted to it. We're Moses' disciples. So many of the, the, the Jews in, in Jesus' day, they considered themselves to be disciples, Disciples of God, disciples of Moses, because they followed Moses' law. We also see, I'm going to jump back to the book of Mark, we also see that the Pharisees had disciples. This shouldn't uh, shouldn't surprise us. Um, if you've studied anything on the Pharisees, you know that they were a, 
um, very conservative, very scripture-oriented uh, group. And so to become a Pharisee took a lot of discipline, a lot of hard work, and basically you became an apprentice before you were a Pharisee. And their apprentices, they called disciples. So this is Mark chapter 2, verse 18. The Bible says, And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast. And they came and say unto him, to Jesus, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? So you know, here we got three groups. This is the next group we're going to talk about too, so I'll throw them in there. Disciples of John. Disciples of John the Baptist. So you've got these guys, they come up to Jesus and they say, hey, 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 I want to talk to you about fasting. The disciples of the Pharisees, they fast. The disciples of John the Baptist, they fast. And your disciples, they don't fast. So we got Moses' disciples, Jesus' disciples, John the Baptist had disciples, Pharisees had disciples. They, these, are, these are followers Followers of John the Baptist, followers of the Pharisees, that would listen to their teachings, learn from watching them and how they lived out those teachings in their daily lives to become like them. Okay, I'm Moses' disciple. Why? Because I follow the Mosaic law. I want to be that. I want to do that. I'm a disciple of the Pharisees. Why? Because I want to be a Pharisee. Um, the disciples of John the Baptist, they say, I'm a, I'm a disciple of John the Baptist. Why? Because I want to be like John the Baptist, to follow him, to be like him. And then, of course, you had the, the group of Jesus' disciples following him to be like him. So that's, that's discipleship, okay? This is what we see. Now, if we could talk just—I'm going to just touch on this because I'm going to finish up here in just a couple of minutes. Um, when, when we get down to this, there's a, another point that I want to make— in this, um, in this idea, in this lesson on discipleship as a concept, and it's going to take us a little time to, to develop, so we'll leave that for, for the next podcast. But, but think about this. When, when Jesus shows up on the scene, there's this concept that was created in the Old Testament. When God, when God called Israel out of Egypt to follow him by following his written law, God called him and he said in very simple terms, be holy. I'm holy. God wanted his people to be holy like he was holy, and he gave them the Mosaic law to follow, to, to submit to, to obey, in order to be and do what he wanted them to be and do. So by the time we get to, to, the, to the New Testament, or the, the, the arrival of Christ, his first coming, and, and his public ministry, we see that there's Jews that called themselves Moses' disciples. That's this that that's exactly what we were saying and what we saw in the Old Testament. That's what they were doing, and they considered themselves disciples. And so here's this concept now called discipleship, likely because they were borrowing the word from the Greeks or the Romans or, or a concept that 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 reflected this concept of following God. So they call themselves disciples. Okay, discipleship. The Pharisees, they had their disciples, the people that wanted to become Pharisees, had to go through this process of, of growing and learning and watching. And John the Baptist had his followers, and they called themselves disciples. So when Jesus shows up on the scene, he grabs this concept that already existed of discipleship. The people understood in, in general terms kind of what a disciple was because you had all these different types of disciples. 
And then he molded it, and he transformed it, and he changed it to become what we see at the end of his ministry, and very specifically later in the book of Acts. Because he takes this idea of discipleship, and he changes it in such a way that his disciples can now make disciples in his absence. And the the concepts, what we want to see here is the concepts of discipleship that we see in the Old Testament that existed when Jesus began his public ministry. They go through this transition in the Gospels through through Jesus' public ministry, and they become solidified, this, this finished product in what we see in the book of Acts. So what we see in the book of Acts is what Jesus left us to follow as discipleship. What we see as discipleship in the book of Acts is what we know today as the life of a Christian. A disciple in Acts is a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is no longer here on earth. Now, we're going to talk about that in more detail later. So how do we follow Jesus? We don't follow him around physically. He replaced himself with the the written Word of God. He completed the, the written Scripture and the inspired Scripture, the canon, if you want to call it that. He gave us the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, that will lead us and guide us into all truth. And he gave us the local church, like we saw in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, a, a whole structure of a local church with leaders and other believers to help us grow and be perfected in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we still have discipleship. It's changed a little bit, but the concept has been solidified. And what it means is becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. So discipleship, let's wrap this up, in the most general terms, is God's work in restoring his image in lost man. God initiates this restoration process by calling a lost man to repentance and faith. And then the saved sinner, he begins a lifelong process of growing in holiness. God calls him to repentance and faith. He turns from sin and self, and he turns to the Lord in faith and in devotion, in commitment. And that saved sinner, following God, begins this process of growing in holiness, growing in godliness, being more and more like his Lord that he is following. That process can be called discipleship, because discipleship is the process of following the Master, following the Lord, following His teaching, following His example, following His words, in order to become more and more like Him in character and conduct. And so we can trace the concept of discipleship through the Old Testament and see that Jesus basically issued the same call to Israel that God did through Moses. What did He say? Follow me to be like me. Jehovah to Israel said, follow me. Be ye holy as I am holy. And Jesus said to his Jewish disciples, Follow me. The disciple is not above his master. Be like your master. So here's the question I'm going to leave you with, because here's here's the dilemma that we have. What about discipleship today? What about discipleship after the earthly ministry of Jesus? What about discipleship after the book of Acts? What about Paul and the epistles? Because like we've seen, and this is, this is of no small importance, Paul never once mentions the word disciple, not in his epistles. And in the general epistles that follow and the, and the revelation of John, discipleship and disciples, folks, it, the word is not mentioned. And so 
here's, here's, here's the question I'll leave you with. Think about the New Testament from Romans to Revelation. Discipleship in the epistles. It's not there. It's not mentioned once. So is it there or is it not? So I want to talk about that, and I want plenty of time to do it. So we're going to stop here for today. Thanks for listening to me. Think on these things. It's Theology 101. It's not difficult. It's really not. We just read the Bible, observe what it says, learn the Bible in context so that we can do what it tells us. Now, what we're doing here is asking ourselves, okay, what does the Bible say about discipleship? Once we know that, once we learn what the Bible says, then we can ask ourselves, okay, what does the Bible tell me to do, me, a Christian in the church age, a born-again Bible-believing son of God in the church age? What does the Bible tell me to do in this area of discipleship? Once I know that, well, then I can go do it. That's Theology 101. So I'll see you, or I'll be with you. You'll hear me in the next podcast. Take care. Be faithful. Thanks for spending your time listening to my podcast, Theology 101. Simple is better, and it's just not that difficult to learn the Bible so we can do what it tells us. You can find the rest of my studies in English out on my website, theology101.net. And if you do Spanish, tengo más de 15 años de estudios bíblicos disponibles en mi sitio web, teologia101.net. If you'd like to contact me, there's a contact page on my website. You're also more than welcome to visit me any Sunday that you wish. My church information is also out on my website. Remember what Nicholas von Zinzendorf always said, preach the gospel, die, be forgotten. Learn the Bible, do what it tells you, and come back for more Theology 101.